You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome. I am so happy that you have joined us. My name is Teresa McKee Allen, and I am here with Karen. And I'm so excited that I get to interview her today. And we are going to have a very special month that we are going to be doing here in May. And we are going to be talking about women. And we're going to be talking about mothers and daughters and the joy that that brings. And we want to find out more about how Karen um, started the Joy Coaching Program. And um, we know that she loves this and this has been her joy in her life. And I am so happy that I'm here with you, Karen. I'm so happy to be here with you too, Teresa. You know... This is such a sweet experience to be interviewed by you. You know, I've been doing this radio show, I think there's probably like 35 episodes, and I've never, never shared where the term or the name Joy Coaching America originated. People that are listening know that it's a radio show, but they do not know yet what Joy Coaching America is all about. And so, as you said, we're going to be sharing this month some beautiful testimonials and some experiences of our regional certified Joy Coaches. So each Saturday, you can tune in and you'll be able to hear as I interview Teresa Allen and how she has become a regional certified Joy Coach and how she's implemented that with her other gifts, her other education, her other areas of expertise into her life. Excuse me, lost my voice there for a minute. Into her life (laughs) in Washington, the state of Washington. And then we'll interview Ramona Akama on another Joy Coaching episode and her experiences that led her to Joy Coaching America to become a regional certified joy coach. So this month of May is going to be full of me being able to edify these women in their areas of expertise. But today I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be interviewed and to share what prompted something called Joy Coaching America. So Teresa, um, it goes way back to probably to my first uh, desire to comfort people who had experienced the loss or the conflict in a relationship that resulted in divorce, that resulted in brokenheartedness. And I went to the Lord and I prayed, how, how can I mend a broken heart? There's, first of all, nobody can see evidence that you have a broken heart. Everything might look fine on the outside. There's no slings. There's no, there's no crutches when you have a broken heart. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There is no evidence. And especially when you've learned how to put on a happy face and you've learned how to laugh your way through the trials of life, but you really don't know where to turn. And I had, I had tried, um, what conventional therapy a couple of times, but 
I found that my story didn't fit in with their education. I'd been married several times. I had been annulled. I had had gone through annulments and some of the people that I went to just really didn't know how to work with me. Uh, I'm a very right-brained creative person. I needed touch. I needed compassionate therapeutic touch. I needed I needed music. Music is a healer for me. I needed faith-centered, Christ-centered approach. I'm not a just, you know, the the 40 uh, tactics of Erickson and Maslow and all the other greats out there that know psychology. I kind it's of the broke combination that. of things. It really is the combination of things. And and so as I went to the Lord and asked him, how do I heal my broken heart? after um, divorce and annulment number three. I went to the Lord and asked him, what do I do? How do I mend a broken heart? And I was given a very special experience that really touched my heart. And uh, the details of it are very sacred, so I'm not going to go into the details. But I will share that from that experience, I knew that for a creative right-brained woman, I would need a very faith-based experience that would touch all of my senses. I would need to hear it, smell it, feel it, visualize it. And so from the experience that I had, I knew that I needed to create a kind of session that would include Christ-centered music, deep, beautiful blends for aromatherapy, with the names of the blends corresponding, correlating to the names of the songs and, and compassionate, pure, unadulterated therapeutic touch through massage. And I was in massage school at the time. And the ability to visualize a brighter, happier future, to reclaim my lost childhood dream of a happily ever after. And so this process, first and foremost, was something that I knew that I needed for myself. So Teresa, that's how it got started. That's how great things happen is when the mother of invention usually happens for those who are looking for a solution for something they see a great need for. So that's, that's how it all started. And then it evolved from there. Wow. So impressive. I know that that was something that impressed me was that it was fivefold. It wasn't just massage. It wasn't just music. It wasn't just the oils. It was this beautiful combination of things that inspires. It inspires us to um, heal our hearts. Um, I loved the fact that it was Christ-centered. It was different. It's very different. It is different. And you know, I think of the scripture that says that there is no other name or way or means that men can be saved than by the name, through the name of Jesus Christ. And we've just finished up Easter. And so we have all been thinking about the resurrection of a human body, the resurrection after death. But how beautiful to think that our emotions can be resurrected and that we can 
find joy again and that we can gracefully transition through grief. And this was something that really prompted me as I went through divorce and annulment. I realized that other people were suffering for other reasons out there, but I, I also became very privy in my work as a massage therapist, which you are also a massage therapist, Teresa. Yes. This yes. fit in really great with your work too, that there are children that suffer the repercussions of parents splitting up or teenagers that are experiencing the, the results of a, of a bad break, of a bad breakup that there are people who have lived together who felt married but maybe didn't legally have that marriage but when they separated their hearts went through grief and i realized that probably 99.99% of the things that women suffer are their their deep tender emotions for the childhood dream of being a wife a mother a daughter with a great relationship with their mom um just all of the things that can result in pain. And so as I continue to do these, these things for my sessions one-on-one -on -one and wake up in the middle of the night after a woman would leave and be inspired with a song for her and her next appointment, I would have the instrumental done by Dean Kalin and I would, I would sing to her acapella. Well, not acapella because I'd have the, the instrumental done. And I started to sing to my clients and I started to become known in Utah as the singing massage therapist. So people would call me and say, is this the singing massage therapist? Will you sing to me? I need a session. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it really was sweet. And, and it became my joy because as a little girl, I loved tucking in my dolls. My favorite thing was to play house. And so now I was able to tuck in my clients and make sure they were warm and cozy and, and sing to them songs of redeeming love and of the Savior's atonement, original songs that I had written for them when they had gone through grief and be able to give them a therapeutic massage that combined the gifts of aromatherapy and music, guided visualization, all reconnecting them to the pure love of Christ. So that is the beautiful beginnings of this work. And what a beautiful beginning it is. Um, I don't know whether we have more time for one more question. Um, I had a question that came to my mind that I'm really curious about, and I'm sure there are others that are also. Um, what inspired you to share this um, program with other women so that other women can bless their families? That's a beautiful question because, you know, it was so comfortable to just do this in my own home, set up a beautiful cherishing place, a cherishing room, a room where I could just nurture one-on-one -on -one my own clients and their children. And, and occasionally even men would come and men loved it. But one day I received a phone call and this woman had been, she was in Pennsylvania. She had been listening to a aromatherapy call by Laura Jacobs and she called me. Her name was Ursula Lessig and she said, I heard you speaking on Laura Jacobs' call and this was back in 2009. She said, there are probably women who can't get to you to get a session. Would you create a course of materials so that those of us outside of the state of Utah can learn how to do this?
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back. I'm Teresa McKee Allen, and I'm here interviewing Karen Lynn Grant uh, with Joy Coaching America. And I, we had a wonderful first conversation all about what inspired her um, to start Joy Coaching America. And um, we, we're all curious, I know I'm curious, um, about some more of the programs. I know I started with the full program back in 2011, 2012 timeframe. Um, I bought the whole thing. I, I wanted to work with you. I wanted to work with my clients and I wanted to, um, I also did it kind of for myself. Well, I shouldn't say kind of, I did it for myself because working in the massage industry and being a new, you know, a mom and, um, you know, just difficulties in life, um, I needed something. And this is what inspired my heart. It touched my heart so that I moved forward. And I said, Karen, help. I, I want to do this. And you've been <laughs> such, a, such a beautiful, uh, wise and wonderful woman in my life, Teresa. And I, I appreciate the areas of expertise that you brought to this because it was pioneering a yeah. whole movement that was very unlike anything. Because back in 2001, when I did this, we hadn't heard of emotion code with Dr. Bradley. We hadn't heard, I hadn't heard of body talk. I hadn't heard of these alternative methods for releasing emotions. I went to massage school in 2001, which was 20 years ago, two decades ago. <laughs> but even in massage school, they didn't tell, they said sometimes, you know, massage can evoke an emotional response and a client may start laughing, which is an emotional release, or they may start crying, which is an emotional release. And when I was in massage school, I discovered that while I was getting my license to work with the physical body, that my my real gift seemed to be for the emotions of the person on the table. And I could I very empathically, intuitively experience their emotions and be able to work with them as we perform the massage to get to the root of something that was troubling their heart. And not, of course, everybody wants to do that, but a lot of times we know that physical pain can be evoked by an emotional dis slash ease in the body. So where yeah. our emotions get stuffed, sometimes we have pain there. So I went to work after Ursula Lessig from Pennsylvania said, please, please help. And originally I thought, well, this will be for massage therapists like Teresa, like you, and they will be able to do this work. And so that's the way I went. And so the first six modules were created and, and then the master modules followed suit. So there became books for every single module. The first module being the healer's touch. And that became the first certification course. And 
Healer's Touch was all about identifying the hidden wounds. Remember, this was before Dr. Bradley. I knew nobody that was doing it. And the only sanction and validation and edification that I received for my work was through the late Dr. Dean Belknap, who was the psychiatrist for the LDS Church, who I met one day while singing at the Utah Boys Ranch. And he said, do you know what is needed? And I, I was sitting at a table because I had been asked to sing. And so we were at lunch and everybody else had left to go pick up their plates. And it left me and Dr. Dean Belknap and I didn't even know who he was. And he said, do you know what is needed? And I said, well, no, because I, I hadn't asked a question. And he said, I work with human emotion and I work with troubled teens who have been, uh, had their brains rewired through pornography addictions and through other addiction. And what is needed is the utilization and the accessing of all five senses to create new grooves in the brain that speak to the mind, I am beautiful, I am lovable, I am whole and I am complete. So that these grooves, like an, on an old phonograph record that are running the belief systems of I am addicted and I am ugly and I am worthless and I am destined to fail, get replaced by these new sensual experiences through the five senses that I was working with. I had been praying, Lord, why do I keep feeling that I need to use all five senses? Well, now I had a psychiatrist sitting at this table telling me, you know what is needed to access all the human emotions. And so Dr. Dean Belknap validated the path that I was on. I didn't have any other mentors. There was no Google at the time. I couldn't go research for myself. I had to go straight to the Lord for inspiration on how to work with a broken heart of a right brain person that needed it done in a creative, conscious connecting way to Christ. So that was beautiful. So the Healer's Touch became the first module, Awakening the Cherished Child Within. We just had a beautiful class recertification on the Lullaby Connection, which is module three. I'll get to that in a minute. But module two became Divine Essence, awakening to your purpose, calling, and mission, to the reality of who you truly are, who God created and destined and fashioned you to be. And I truly believe that when we are embedded with negative beliefs and with lower vibrations of emotions, it can block our senses so that all we perceive is that life is ho-hum and I wake and feeling melancholy and I'm not excited to be on this planet. And, and yet, as we would identify and nurture that little child through music, the little child within through music, massage, aromatherapy, that now these people on the massage table were starting to feel hope and identify that was a belief from my childhood that resulted from that experience I had when my father told me I was a brat or when my mother told me I was stupid or whatever. And we hope that parents don't talk to their children like that, but in reality, it happens. And so divine essence became module number two. And that is to basically, when the scripture says you can't put old wine, new wine into an old bottle, that first we do the cleansing, we do the clearing with the healer's touch. And who is the healer? The healer is the Savior, Jesus Christ, through his atonement. And then we work with and divine I essence. I want to add divine essence was my turning point for my heart. 
And that that module was what finally broke through what was holding me back. What was holding me back from being joyful and having peace and um, moving forward. So that was, that module in particular really spoke to my heart and helped. You know, I wanted to make Divine Essence first, but I realized that um, when you have a, when your belief system is that I'm not pretty or that I'm not beautiful and I'm not spiritual or whatever our belief systems are, that I couldn't go in and start telling somebody they would reject it. It was like both hands went up in a rejecting wall that says, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not this. I'm not that. But if we worked with those hidden wounds and identified them for the person and they could consciously see, oh, I've been believing this about myself all my life. I can let that go. And now the Holy Spirit can come in and validate who I truly am and what is my mission, calling and purpose. And so I had to make divine essence number two, but I wanted to make it module number one because I wanted to run out and shout to everybody, do you know who you are? Once I started discovering who I was, I wanted, I, I could see, it was like the scales fell off my eyes and I could see the beautiful child of God in everyone I met. And I wanted everyone to know that they too are a beautiful child of God with a gift, a mission, a calling, and a purpose. But first we have to release and let go of those old limiting negative self-talk behaviors that held us back that we've been running sometimes from our childhoods. So divine essence became number two, awakening the brilliant spirit within to our own, very own purpose, calling, and mission. Wow, time sure does fly, doesn't it? I'm so excited to continue with this in just a few minutes. And uh, we're gonna talk about um, Lullaby Connection, And we're going to talk about Ancient Legacies. Ancient Legacies is so wonderful, all about the women in the Bible and our scriptures and their testimonies and how they can benefit us. And so I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation with you. Thank you so much. I am loving this. I'm so excited to be able to do this with you and to just reminisce on the beauty of Joy Coaching America. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back. I'm Teresa McKee Allen, and I'm here with Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America, and we're continuing our conversation about um, the Lullaby Connection. 
and about the child within. And this is also a great module for children. I know my five-year-old, when I um, introduced this to her, when she was just a toddler, we would sit and listen to the songs and we would play them at bedtime and just keep it short and sweet. And she loved being able to hear her Karen's voice. <laughs> so tell us more about it, Karen. Well, this is sweet. And you know, the Lullaby Connection is for the child within. So people have often thought, oh, well, is the lullaby connection only for me or for my child if they're 11 years old or 12 years old or 10 or nine or eight or seven? And I just wanna say that one of the highlights that I feel really impressed to share with you today, Teresa, and I know you've heard it before, but I would love to share this because this was a really huge aha moment for me. I had been asked by my dear friend, Rayana Hale, to go to the prison and to sing to the prisoners. And I would go and I would sing to them and speak to them. And it was amazing up at the point of the mountain because I would enter into this chapel where there once a month and there were men all dressed in white. And from the front of them, you wouldn't know that these were inmates because they were all dressed in white. It wasn't until they got up to go back to their cells that you could see the word inmate stenciled across or uh, silk screened across their shirt at the bottom. And so I would go in there and I remember the first time I went, I was so scared. I didn't want them to know my name. I didn't want them to know anything about me. I didn't want anyone to look up, look me up when they got out. <laughs> but, um, but I did feel very impressed that I needed to be there. And so I had gone and I was singing to them one particular day about the uh, women in the scriptures. And I was telling them about the lullabies and I was telling them about the child of God that they are and that each one of them has a divine spirit and that each one of them had experiences in life that might have caused them to believe certain things about themselves wherein they might have moved forward and acted upon those. Maybe they were told that they were dishonest and maybe they just began to believe, okay, well, if I'm dishonest, I might as well do this or that. And, and things crescendoed and got out of control and that had landed them there. Well, I was singing to them and speaking to them about the lullabies. And afterwards, the bell was going to ring for these men to go back. We had just a few minutes when a man at the, at the back of the, of the chapel stood up. And I, I have to add that their faces were very hardened when I first started. And it was scary. These faces looked mean, tired, angry, frustrated, like, what the heck do you have for me? And why the heck am I here? And so it wasn't easy to get up there in front of them. but. As I sang, I could see faces softening. I could see tears in the eyes of a few starting to stream down their cheeks. And so now it was time and this man stood up and he said, what can we do for you? You have touched our hearts today through your lullabies and through your stories of Jesus. And I, I looked at him and I said a quick prayer, what can 92 inmates do for me, Lord? And the thought came immediately, have them sing to you. And so I said, well, you can sing to me. Maybe there's a song that you all know, and you can sing that song to me. And, and so he 
posed that question to the audience of men and said, what song do we all know that we can sing to Karen? And somebody shot out, well, we all probably know Michael, 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 row your boat ashore. And somebody else said, yeah, we probably all know three blind mice. And then somebody said, what about I am a child of God? And I thought, how many, how many of those men would really know that song? And I heard voices acknowledging, yes, yes. Whispers in the audience, yes. And pretty soon somebody gave a note to start the pitch and a choir of 92 men's voices began to sing to me. And as they sang those words, I felt the spirit of the Lord, probably one of the strongest times that I've ever felt it in my life, tingles just shooting through my whole being as these men with softened faces and tears streaming their cheeks and mine began to form a single file line and began to walk up to me and reach their hands out. We weren't allowed to give hugs. We weren't allowed to bring in essential oils. We weren't allowed. I wasn't allowed to do anything but tell stories to them and sing to them. And one whispered in my ear, my mom needs these lullabies when I get out of here. And I've put her through so much. And another one leaned in and said, I, I need these lullabies for my truck so that I can listen to these and remember who I am. That was one of the most powerful experiences with one of the sweetest audiences I've ever had that received me, that received my message and my, my pure love for Christ and my validation that each one of these men are indeed a son of God. Those, those continued monthly and I was able to go back often and sing to these men and share with them. And there was, a, there was a time when I was able to donate about 100 CDs to the, to the library there. And they had CD players in the library and they were allowed to check them out and play the CDs. And one day I got a call from the point of the mountain. They said, could you bring more CDs? Um, they're not returning to the library. We're missing 100. <laughs> and I thought, what a sweet compliment that they were missing the CDs. But you know, that is my point that that a lot of our wounds originate in childhood. And if we can set the stage as mothers, as grandmothers, as fathers, as parents, as older siblings, as sisters, as brothers, as caregivers, as nurturers, to, to witness, to bear witness to little children who they truly are, not who they are not, not to reiterate negatives into their blank slate minds, but to begin nurturing the children and also through the five senses, because this becomes a wonderful nighttime nurturing technique that mothers, grandmothers, fathers can do, grandfathers can do that is very non-invasive touch, just five touch points for children, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and the lullabies and delicate scented oils that have the name of the blend, the same as the name of the CD. So this becomes a beautiful work to do for little children and for the little child within that has grown up, maybe believing that they're not so cherished and remind them that truly every single one of us is a cherished child of God. It definitely has become a wonderful thing for us to do 
um, Nicole and I, my five-year-old, um, to do at bedtime, to even do just at quiet times. We have just a few more minutes. I really want to hear about the women of the scriptures. Should we? Um, we can go right into that, yeah. Teresa. Thank you. You know, when I was, before I went to massage school, and when I was a young mother, I was married. And I thought, you know, sometimes you think that you're marrying someone with a like heart and like mind and a like sense of, of what is valuable to you. And you thought you had the right talks and the right connections in your dating experience or courtship. And I had had a very tremendous spiritual experience at age 15 where I knew that it was very important for me to marry somebody who had like spiritual values who loved the Lord with all of his heart, might, mind, and strength as well. And I ended up marrying somebody at, that, that maybe wasn't quite honest with himself. He, he told me later, three years into our marriage, that he had lost his testimony earlier in his life, and he thought that if he married me, that he would gain his testimony back. And so the songwriting that had begun at age 15 I now went to the Lord and said, you know what? I'm so lonely in this marriage. I'm spiritually lonely. I'm emotionally lonely. I'm parched. I feel like I'm in a mirage and I don't know how to get out of it. And so the songs of the women in the scriptures began coming in the middle of the night when I would awaken to nurse a baby back to sleep, one of my little babies back to sleep. So we'll go in the next segment and tell more about that beautiful module of women in the scriptures. The women in the scriptures. I'm so excited to do that, um, especially this month going into May and Mother's Day and how we honor women in our lives and how they are so wonderful and blessed. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back. I'm Teresa McKee Allen, and I'm here with Karen Lynn Grant uh, with Joy Coaching America, and we are talking about... Um, ancient legacies, the women of the scriptures and their testimonies. And I am so excited to do that this month of May. And what an example they were. Um, and they have built my testimonies, Esther and, and Naomi and Mary and Mary Magdalene. Um, so many beautiful women in the scriptures that we have as women to look at and have examples uh, for in our lives. Uh, can you tell us more about the module and, and what Absolutely. it's all about? Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this portion. This, uh, as a 28-year-old mother, 
I was sharing that I went through a troubled time in my marriage. Ashley was just a little girl and Michael was just a little boy. And I would get up to nurse Laura back to sleep. And every time I flipped my scriptures open, it seemed to automatically fall to a story about one of the women in the scriptures, primarily in the New Testament at the time. And so I went on a journey. It was a musical journey. And after I would read this verse about Mary and Martha, just a couple of verses, those women didn't get I mean, Esther gets her whole chapter and Ruth gets her whole chapter, but most of the women got four verses, the widow who gave her last night and the woman who poured perfumed oil on the Savior's feet. And, and the so these, at the, well. the woman at the well, yes. And so I, I would see these vignettes in my mind. I'm very visual. And it was almost like watching a little, a little excerpt of a play. And then I would go and I would write a song. Then I'd kiss my baby back to sleep, put her back in her little crib and I'd climb back into bed. And I never knew that these songs that were sung without any instrumental backup because I'm a lousy pianist. I don't play a musical instrument. I never got past chopsticks in my uh, musical education <laughs> that way, but I love to sing. And so I would sing these songs with the melodies that accompanied them onto a little cassette recording and stick them in a drawer. And there they piled up into a mound of cassettes about these songs. And so far I've written about 64 songs about women in the scriptures. And these songs became a huge comfort to me. And I, I went to a member of our particular religion when I was going through marital troubles. And I said, you know, my husband doesn't like this gift that I have for writing songs for Jesus. And my very inspired clergy said to me, you know, the Lord gives gifts of divine compensation. So where you are lacking in one area of your life, you can, you can ask the Lord for a gift of divine compensation. And it's, it's filling my heart to tell you that writing songs for the Savior about the women in the scriptures is a gift of divine compensation in your life so that you don't feel the tremendous burden of loneliness that you have in your marriage while you can't share the deep spiritual longings of your heart. And so these songs became my tutors. These women in the scriptures became my best friends. And I learned to trust that I too could come unto the Savior even as they did. And so there are many, many songs, and each one of these songs taught me to trust a little deeper. So when I went to graduate from massage school, I was sitting at my desk, and I, uh, I just thought, what am I going to do when I get out of here uh, after I get my license? And the thought came to me, you're going to start putting the songs that you wrote for women in the scriptures with healing oils of the Bible, and you're going to give sessions for women to help reconnect them to the Savior, Jesus Christ, and for those who are faith-based and would like a Christ-centered approach. And so that became actually the first step that I took. And I was giving sessions to my sisters, to my mother, to my friends, using the songs of the women in the scriptures. And it was later on that this became module number four, with beautiful handouts and beautiful uh, booklets and manuals all about the essential Christ in a Christ-centered way that could access all five senses into a process and a protocol that could take a woman into a still point 
into a still place and help her heart to reconnect to the Savior. So that's how Module 4 was created. I love being able to listen to the song and use the oil that correlates to the song and then go back and even read the scriptures and include it in my morning scripture study and journal writing um, and write about my feelings about these women and how they um, inspire me. So that is, that's, that's so beautiful. I just, all of these modules are just so Christ-centered and are meant for our families. And that kind of leads me into the topic of your new program. This is awesome. You have a new program and it's called Joyful Living. Absolutely. Yeah. Teresa, you're such a huge part of Joyful Living and, and why that was created because originally I just started out with a regional certified program that, that incorporated six modules and I haven't talked about the last two and we'll save that for another day but there were six modules and when a joy coach became certified and in six modules she was set on her path to go and and share and access and use all the music all the materials all the manuals for all six modules but what about the young stay-at-home mom that had a three-year-old and a two-year-old and a one-year-old and, and she was pregnant and she didn't want to go create a business um, doing this for her neighbors. She was basically just trying to do this, uh, look for tools for her own family. So that is when uh, Jared uh, Jarvis in Arizona said, hey, let's do joyful living and so he was with oil sharing tools at the time and he he really prompted me to take it into a bite-sized piece for those who just needed it for nurturing their own heart which is level one just if i'm a single woman or i'm just a woman in my own home just trying to keep my own vessel filled my own well spring filled with living water that i can do level one for me and i can do it in the way of healer's touch Divine Essence, Lullaby Connection, or Ancient Legacy. And then uh, the Regional Certified Joy Coaches uh, now are all able to teach these courses, Level 1 and Level 2 online. And Level 2 is for nurturing your children and your husband within the walls of your very own home, not for charge, not for pay, but just to help a woman have tools to be able to work with her teens, to work with her own spouse if he falls into the deep need for deep relaxation. Sometimes during COVID, I know that families have, have gone through depression and heartache and mothers are needing tools for their children. And so it this all began to unfold right before COVID. And we were going to have classes and every regional joy coach was going to go create classes in her own communities from Michigan to Oklahoma to Washington, Arizona, California, and what have you. But COVID hit and then all of a sudden we were confined to do our this homes. <laughs> into <laughs> our own homes, which was beautiful for our families, but we weren't able as well to share this as much the way we had intended with people outside of our homes. I was so thankful that we had um, encouraged you to continue prepping this program. Um, it really inspired me to be able to take these materials that I was going to go and teach 
and to practice with my own family and to just share with my sisters. I've got three younger sisters and families and, and it actually inspired me to be able to, um, with my family group, to be able to start a family home evening together. And it was, it has been beautiful. It has been inspiring. So I didn't let COVID stop me in any way, uh, growing spiritually and trying to help others. But it, you know, I'm really looking forward to having things relax a little bit so that we can um, really share this program with other women and continue with Uh, that mission. And Teresa, you were so helpful because at this time I had done so much in creating 17 modules that I, I must admit I was getting (laughs) a little creative weary. And so you beautifully went through levels one and level two and created beautiful PowerPoints so that the regional certified joy coaches could begin to share this and set up classes for their own circles and be able to teach the women who might come to their webinars on Zoom, which we had been meeting on Zoom since 2009, and now the world was meeting on Zoom. And so these classes are still available. They are fresh. The materials are beautiful. They're printed. They're lovely. They, they correlate. They're wonderful to add to your essential oil business or to your massage business or just your wellness business. Absolutely. Um, Just wonderful to be able to have these tools. And then of course, um, for mothers to simply add this to their home environment and what a wonder, oh, it would make a wonderful Mother's Day gift, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Signing someone up for joyful living uh, would be a wonderful thing because as I said, level one is all about, we have to be, take care of ourselves. We've got to nurture yeah. ourselves first and foremost, and then we are gifted with the energy to go on and nurture our children, our husband, our best friends, our family. And you know what? It is, it's so exciting. And this has been a wonderful call. And I'm so thankful, Teresa, for you being able to step in and interview me on this wonderful show, Joy Coaching America, which now Joy Coaching America, the system of 17 modules has spread to Joy Coaching America. Uh, sending love, joy, and peace to all the world. We're so grateful for all of you who have listened today. There's so much more. It's amazing how the time flies. But thank you for listening. And thank you. Oh, thank you. And I really loved interviewing you today. Have a wonderful day. (laughs) Well, now it's my turn to interview you. And that will be episode two, airing on March 8th. That'll be fun.